This is the West Coast Project podcast for Louie. Louie's back, Michelle from Tennessee. How are you? I'm good, good. Louie, season five. Wow. Uh, my name is Mike, and I'm here with Michelle. We do Louie, we do Orange, we do Fargo, True Detective, uh, some general West Coast BS, West Coast Project BS, like the slap. What am I forgetting, <laughs> Michelle? Um, that's all I can think of. There's something else. Lost in the Closet. Something. Um, that, yeah, there was that for sure. All right. Well, Louis, Michelle, how many Louis are there? Did you figure that out? Are there 10 or eight? Eight. Okay. Cause I couldn't really find the first five, but this is season five for Louis and Michelle, the 30 minute episodes of Louis seem so short after all the 43 minute hour long podcasts for Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad and all this other stuff. The 30 minutes just seem super short. They seem so short and they seem so easy compared to um, all the names you have to remember and the other shows and everything else. I was kind of going over it last night and I thought, this is too easy. Something, so, something's definitely wrong. Well, episode one of season five on Louis is called Potluck. But before we get into that episode, Michelle, I just wanted to ask you, what do you think, what's your view of the continuity of Louis and how Louis wanders the world and our, like the, the universe he's in in the show and the universe he's in in real life and, and then as we watch him kind of go in and out of both? Because he's sometimes kind of unknown in the show and sometimes he's known as Louis the comedian in the show. Right. And of course, in real life, everybody knows him as Louis, the comedian. So don't you find that interesting that sometimes like he goes to these potlucks and stuff and people just just say, oh, you're the you're the parent of Jane. They don't say, oh, you're Louis C.K. Well, did you happen to catch him on Jimmy Kimmel the other night? Because, well, I thought it was pretty telling what he said on there. He said that that. Louie on the show was, um, it was him, but with no success. And he was talking about how he didn't really hit his mark, his success, um, for the first 42 years, said it was 42. And it was only like five years ago that he really felt like, you know, this kind of exploded and um and I'm paraphrasing this to death but but he said that he misses that he missed the struggle and that you can never go back to that and i think it's kind of like a lot of the things in life um that you don't necessarily appreciate when they're going on because they're hard and but they're so meaningful and there's so much in it and Hearing him say that, um, I don't know. It kind of told me a story about him. Well, that's a great answer. That's the answer I just asked you the question about. That right. Is, that he's doing it as the unknown, kind of minimally known Louis. Right. Right. Yeah. I and, mean, you can't ever go back and wonder if people are really your friends because they like you or if they want to be close to somebody famous once you're famous. Well, and and... All of the parts of life that, 
Oh, you know all the cliches that you hear about, um, you know, life happens while you're waiting for stuff to happen, all that kind of stuff. But it's true. All that stuff has its has its little sayings because it's true. And all of the moments that led up to it and all of the struggles and everything. And now he, he actually misses that. And I don't know, it, it, it was touching to me to see that part. It was also funny because... Evidently, Jimmy Kimmel had auditioned for him when he was working on the Dana Carvey show years and years ago, which was some kind of little show that was canceled after only seven episodes. But um, to be but, a, to be like a writer or something, I think Jimmy Kimmel was auditioning for a role in the Dana Carvey show, and Louis was like, he and and. I think he was joking when he was saying this, but he said he actually threatened to quit the show if they hired Jimmy Kimmel. He said, I was so jealous of you. You are so talented and so good, and I completely derailed you and that kind of thing. And it it was kind of funny. Jimmy Kimmel said he didn't even remember the audition, but um, but he was just, you know, really belly laughing the whole time at Louie talking about this because... Um, that was interesting. It was something that evidently stuck out to Louie. And I hate to tell these stories because I don't even know if they're actually true. It's, probably it's hard true. to tell. No, Louie's like kind of – he's, he's really um, sensitive about telling things that are true or as truthful as they really happen. Right, and then kind of adding a little, you know, a little onto it. He was um, – there's a spoiler alert and he said that the last two episodes of this season are going to be about Louis on the road. And then he went into how that's just the worst life possible. And it was kind of funny too, because he's dressed in all black, like Johnny cash, like, you know, but he had on this, um, opened button down flannel thing on top of it. It was just so Louis, everything about it was so Louis. And he started uh, reminiscing about the Acme comedy club in Minneapolis. And he said that was the first real money that he had ever made. And he was talking about how they used to pay him just whatever at the end of their shows. And he said it would be like nothing. And they'd be like, you know, starving to death or whatever, you know, and that he remembers the first time he made $10,000 for that week. And that was like the moment, just, just these moments and stuff. It it was pretty, it was a pretty telling, assuming he was being open. Well, it's it a good message. Telling. That whole message about it being the journey and not the destination and the work, the, tra- the travails you go through help enhance your life and all that's a pretty good message. Yeah, but he seemed a little sad over it. Yeah, but his life's not over. It's not like he's retired and he's sitting back, you know isolated from the world and he's just remembering things no but he was saying he can't go back to that to that struggle well and that's so he true. can't have that over again and isn't it funny because we we so often in life struggle for the success and then when the success gets there you think that's going to be it and you know he was saying that it wasn't anyway it was really good if you get a chance to to look it up maybe on youtube or something it it's pretty interesting. Well, in the first scene, Michelle, he puts his therapist to sleep. And he's <laughs> talking about some of this, actually. He's talking about depression, not having any, having any reasons to keep trying. And he, <laughs> the therapist dude dozes off. And Louis says, I'm a boring asshole now. So maybe he was really feeling that even in, in, this, in this scene that he's doing. 
Yeah, I mean, how horrible was that? I mean, he's paying someone to listen to him, and the guy goes to sleep. And they hyped, they hyped this scene pretty heavy in the commercials for the previews and stuff. And then we jump to the banjo guy on the streets. I Lu- loved him. Luis, the way, you so love the banjo guy? Yes, I really did. Steve, Didn't you? Steve Martin once said that you can't ever deliver, or you could deliver any bad news you want with banjo music behind it. And it would sound okay. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But Louis sitting in the spring, looks like the spring snow, and it looks like spring in New York. And he's just sitting there thinking, and um, he calls Marina, this lady, this asshole lady that <laughs> I guess is one of Jane's classmates' mothers from school, or somehow works at the school. Right. Did she have another kid that was in school with Jane or what? Because they were trying to have their first kid, I thought. Yeah, I couldn't figure out Marina's uh, relationship to him. I, I assumed that it was something like that, though. Because the other people at the potluck, once we eventually get there, they had children that were Jane's age, so... Yeah, okay. Her name is the the mom, the surrogate mom to be is Judy Gold. She plays a comedian on um she is a comedian, I guess. So she but she's on a show called Wackiest Videos or something where she makes fun of people in videos. Oh, I thought you were talking about Marina. You're talking about the mom. Yeah, Judy Gold, Marina. The surrogate mom no, to be. No, not the surrogate mom, but the mom the mom, the lady who's going to end up with the kid. Oh, okay. Yeah. The mean one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> For sure, yeah. But he calls her with this banjo dude in the background, and somehow she knows Jane. I don't know if she has a kid, another kid, or if she's just an employee of the school. But he wants to join the potluck and bring fried chicken. She doesn't want him to bring fried chicken to Michelle. <laughs> she wants him to bring something healthy, I guess, probably. No, a dessert. She asked for a dessert. But well, why he, is she fighting him on the damn fried chicken? I, well, I mean, maybe she had enough meats for the for the potluck. I don't know. Maybe she just wanted to control the situation. I'm I'm not sure. She didn't though, because when he brought the chicken, that other guy swarmed right up to him and grabbed some. Cause oh, well, that was different though. Remember. That was the different potluck. No, but he made it to the right one and with the chicken. and the No, not with the same chicken. Well, still, chicken. Different. Ch- <laughs> yeah. The point it, is fried chicken, not who made it. Well, you got a point. But I think they were trying to, he was trying to show us here that he was making an effort. It's a control but, issue, right? She's trying to be bitchy and just bring what I tell you to bring, not what you want to bring. Yeah, she acted like almost... If not indifferent, you know, then uh, aggravated. Well, that he she was hates coming. him. She's a, portrayed as a really heavy man hater. She's a she's a lesbian man hater, like to the nth degree. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't say I'm anything. Just, I'm just thinking. I didn't see her really hating on men specific, but but she was certainly rude to him. But I also saw her be rude to um, her her wife. Yeah. So anyway, she agrees. You can bring the damn chicken. She calls him an asshole and hangs up. Not much love in this early scene, Michelle. Not much love between these people. No, poor Louie. He's not. He's not getting a lot of a lot of affection in any way. And then we go back to that beautiful banjo 
music, and we see Louie making that fried chicken. I'm telling you, Mike, I'm a cook, and I was taking notes. Louie knows how to make some fried chicken. Did you see that? Do you think he was doing it right? Yes. That was beautiful. Well, take and it that through, man take really us through it. What effort. did he do? What did he do that looked good? Well, I mean, every bit of it looked good. He, like, threw that big tub of fat, it looked like, in the pan. And then he, you know, he's got the chicken going in the in the egg wash. And then he's breading it. And, I mean, it looked, he, he was serious about it. I mean, I thought when he said fried chicken, he was going to go get some, I don't know, banquet frozen chicken. I don't know. But when he went home and had that chicken, I mean, he was putting forth some effort. And I think that's what he's trying to show us is that he's really putting forth effort to get out there because when he was talking to the therapist about he just doesn't can't come up with a reason for trying and and he's depressed and then i think he shows himself just kind of throw himself into in into life again and it sounds it like it, it seemed like that was he didn't know how to cook much but he did know how to cook one thing really well i've always heard that you know have have like one or two dishes even if you can't do anything else, have one or two dishes. This is for guys that, you know, that you can do really well. You'll impress the pants off people. And he impressed me. So He got a lot of chicken from that one chicken, though. There was quite a bit of chicken. And he, he was eating than, it as he went, too. So He had to have more than one chicken. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But he goes to the wrong potluck, Michelle. He cab, takes a cab and gets to the wrong, the right building but the wrong floor. He just kind of follows some people up. And these wacky people in the wrong place are oppositely, they're diametrically opposed to the bitches two floors down from where he's supposed to be. Okay, what was that? It was some religious hippy-dippy thing. Uh, greetings, warm tiding to you all. And then you got some <laughs> crazy hug and kiss from that Kate lady. Yeah, they're so happy to see him with the chicken. They um, they made that room that he walked into was just humming with energy. The people were friendly, but there was no, there was like an underlying hum of noise in that scene that was not present in the two floors down room. I didn't, I didn't notice that, but that's interesting. But Louis tries to introduce himself to these people, and nobody knows the connections to the kids. He's like, I'm Jane's dad. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but they're all older, and the kids that they have are older. And they're kind of confused why he's asking about their children to begin with, which was funny. Yeah, it's some hippy-dippy religious deal. Some black guy comes up and says, what circle do you tide from? Whatever the hell that means. Um, and they're like chanting. Is it another language? I guess. Yeah, some sort of some sort of religious thing. Michelle, have you ever heard of meetups? I have. Yeah. So they have those here in California too, and they're if you haven't heard of them. They're like online. You can go and meet up with people. And here in California, they have ones like tantra and photography, hiking and crazy stuff, biking, whale watching. But yeah. They're, but they're like this. They're like this love goddess. Find your soul, center of your soul kind of crap. The meetups are? Some of them, yeah. Because a lot of them here seem very, very, I don't know, normal. Just, you know, book clubs and, and uh, I mean, even just meet up for coffee and stuff. Just friendly well, they have those kind of too, but they have wacky ones here. And this seemed, <laughs> that's why this, this one seemed like kind of a wacky one. 
That was pretty, that was funny, though. And then they get to him, and he's, like, supposed to answer some question while he's standing there looking around like, oh, no, where am I? And he, of course, doesn't doesn't have the answer, so that's when he realizes yeah. he's kind of in the wrong place. They're doing some crazy Tolkien-esque language, like you said, and they're chanting, and it's like, what's the first question? Why are we here? What's the second? Where do we come from? I didn't hear the third one. Mm-hmm. Um, the fourth no. one was when will we know and then the fifth one comes across Louis <laughs> fifth one is what do we say when we know ourselves and Louis, it's Louis's turn and he just sits there dumbfounded <laughs> and you know he had to have known before then that he was at the wrong place maybe he's on the wrong floor he's two floors too high and he gets kind of bum rushed out the door they they say goodbye and slam the door shut and he, he doesn't have his chicken he wants to go back in but they <laughs> they're, they're chanting to, again yeah and and he's apologizing and they're advising him to forgive himself i thought that was really funny the whole time they were saying just forgive yourself for coming to the wrong party for everything he was late remember he was walking in and he was like oh i'm a little late and they're like forgive yourself or something so it was like okay so we get some more banjo. Well, there's a commercial break, but we get some more banjo when we come back. And Louis improvises. Michelle, he goes to KFC. Um, I, you know, have you do you like KFC, Michelle? Have you ever been there? Oh, who doesn't like KFC? I, it's horrible, man. What? I hate KFC. How can you know you cannot hate KFC? I never feel good after I eat at KFC. Oh, well, that's different. I mean, it's it's, (laughs) that's a good way to call it horrible. Well, you can call it that, but it's, you know, I mean, it's delicious. You know, you probably don't feel good after you eat a lot of fast food, but. Wow. Louis makes this chicken from KFC look, KFC look pretty homemade. He has his plate and his foil. Yeah, yeah, he didn't want to carry it from the bucket, so that was that was, and and he's eating it again, just like he grabbed the chicken and he's eating it as he goes out the door that he made. He's grabbing more of this chicken and he's and he's eating it too. Do you think people would even know? No, I do not. That chicken instead of homemade. Nope. I don't either. I I think it's a good plan. It's just disguised by the plate and the foil. Looks like he made it himself. But. But why, you know? Why not just bring it in the bucket? He said he was bringing fried chicken. Why not just potluck. bring it? You're supposed to bring something you made. Well, he tried. Well, he they And the poor liked guy, it. in place of going, you know, just like walking down a couple floors, he's got to leave and go buy some chicken. And I was wondering, too, how much did he actually spend on all that? By the time he bought the chicken and the fat and everything to make that chicken, and then... Who he cares? had to go buy a bucket of chicken. Well, this turned into an expensive potluck is all. Well, he wants to look right. He doesn't care what it costs. He just wants to look right. He wants to fit in. He wants to connect with people. Remember, he made the point, like, I'm sitting here doing nothing. I'm, I really want to go to this potluck. He took extra effort, like you said, to get back into life. And he wants to look right. He wants to put on the right airs as he comes in. That's kind of pitiful, though, that he loses his chicken and then he's got to go make it look like he, I don't know. I feel kind of sorry for him. Well, he makes it into Marina's at the right apartment, and it's much quieter and more unfriendly than the space out party, space out people. Uh, but one guy dives right in on that chicken, Michelle. Yeah, the guy looked, he, he appreciated the chicken. He was lower on the social totem pole than Louis, I think. He was more of a loner loser than Louis. <laughs> 
Well, Marina's already uh, told him it's pretty much over anyway as soon as he walked in because he's apologizing for being late and everything. She's she's immediately kind of starts in on him. She's just a hater. So Louis talks, a couple, a, talks to a couple people. Jackie's a friend of his, it looks like. And then he says his daughter. This is one of the clues about Louis C.K. being this is his real universe because he says his daughter Jane is taking private lessons at Juilliard. And I'm sure a lot of normal people on the street don't have their kids at Juilliard taking music, music lessons. Is his daughter, I mean, is that true? Uh, I don't know, but I think it's a hint that this is the real-life millionaire comedian leaking into the story here, right? He's, it's got to be super expensive to go to Juilliard, and it's right there in New York. It's probably true. Yeah, when I heard him say that, it was so such an odd thing because, I mean, Juilliard, everybody knows Juilliard, and what an odd thing for his little girl to get that kind of opportunity when he's playing this character. It didn't kind of fit in with this character that he's portraying right there. So, yeah, I agree with you. Well, it made me think, okay, like Judy Gold, the comedian, is like works at the school as a volunteer or something. She's really gay. She's trying to have a kid with her lover. And Louis C.K. really comes to the thing, and she doesn't like him. And, you know, it made it seem like this is really real-life Louis doing something in his real life, not a TV show. Right. But anyway, I thought it was cool that 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 blurry that line is blurry and it makes us think about it. Mhm. Yeah. So Marina's talking with some other women about her and her girlfriend Danella's life. Danella's getting her masters, Michelle, and is so fucking busy. Uh-huh. It's like yawn, yawn, yawn. If you had this per- person at a party, you'd make your way as far across the room away from her as possible. Or well, I would anyway. They were definitely commanding the attention though with their stories and wasn't it horrible the stuff she was saying well they're commanding the attention of by force (laughs) well that's what i mean yeah for sure but you know and then talking about the surrogate it was horrible it was just horrible like she wasn't even there yeah the poor surrogate mom shows up i think her name was joanne Michelle, I've already lost all reference to last year's romances because this kind of hints that Louis might have some sort of a connection to this to this browbeaten Joanne. But do you re- even remember the romances from last year, season well, four? Well, what I do remember, and you know, I kind of wanted to go into it at the end, but is Pamela? That's where we ended was with Pamela, and then just this out of nowhere. And I think her name is Julianne. And um, the the surrogate in the show. Let but, me tell you. Let me take a quick look and tell you. Okay. <laughs> oh, you're right. It is Julianne. And um, thanks yeah. for keeping me on track here, Michelle. No, that's okay. That's my job. No, it's not. Um, yeah, she. I kind of wanted to see something about Pamela. I wanted to know something. Well, I'm and, sure Pamela will come up sooner or later. Because yeah. even if they're not romantic, they're friends. But, yeah, look, but but some of those other people from last year, Fat Vanessa, remember Fat Vanessa? How can I forget? And Amia. I, I absolutely, but we have to assume Amia is, you know, back in, was it Russia? Yeah, I forget. Good old Esther Baylant, she's friended me on Twitter. Now, which one was Esther? She was Amia. Amia, Amia, okay, okay, yeah, 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 okay, right, right. 
All right, let's do the sperm math here, Michelle. <laughs> this is the worst. This is the most man-hating way to get sperm. I got sperm from my friend at work who's gay and died. They put an egg into some sort of Frankenstein centrifuge, and so it makes it random of like two or three of them. And then so Louis makes a Yahtzee reference. <laughs> like Yahtzee? They just pan him. Like they hate him even standing there. This is a private conversation. Oh, I know. I mean, she she tells him this private conversation back up. But it's got and, everything. It, it it excises men out of the whole equation. The guy the guy who gave the sperm had to be gay, right? He's not he's not hetero macho. He's gay, and he's gone now. He died, and then they don't even want to know the real mother. They put it in some centrifuge spinning thing. Why would why would you ever do that? <laughs> don't know. I mean, is is that even a thing? Is that even real? I have no idea. You're the medical I, pro. You should. You well, should I, yeah, I, I might should have looked that up, but I wasn't quite sure how to look up centrifuge egg spinning. You know, I wouldn't even know where to go for that information. That's the oddest thing. Sharper image. Uh, yeah, I would think if for no other reason that you'd want to know the biology of the child for medical reasons. So I think that it just sounded. I assumed it was total nonsense, but poor Joanne or poor Julianne, whatever her name is, listens to this horror scene with just a terrified look on her face. I guess she's, so. She's also like 18 inches shorter than anyone, anyone else <laughs> in the scene, including all the women. She's like this. She's pretty round, but she's way, way littler and shorter than everybody. Yeah. She's cute as a button. She reminds me of, uh, Allison on, uh, the affair. Just that kind of look about her. So cute. Well, Marina's not done, Michelle. She starts talking about how it's going to be natural childbirth with no meds. And so Louis is, again, still trying to figure out the math equation here. So he says, you're having a baby and it's going to be their baby. And I guess this is where she said, look, buddy, this is a private conversation. (laughs) Come on, man. The guy brought chicken twice and he. He's got he's to at least have a conversation with some of the people. Nobody wants to talk to him. Well, I really needed to hear some more banjo music right about then. Hey, I like that, but that was so good. I wonder I if really Louis saw that. that guy on the street in New York and just said, hey, dude, come on my show. Somebody well, saw him somewhere. I bet he's like a street musician for real. He really looked like a street musician. And um, if not, then they certainly cast cast the correct actor because, yeah, I mean, because it seemed like Louie walked out from the therapist's office and sat down to call Marina, and the guy was there. And that's just the coolest thing ever. Well, there's a couple real-life modern-day touchstones here for us, Michelle. Uh, Louie tries to cab it home, and Julianne or Joanne, whatever, Ubers with him. Have you ever Ubered? Oh, I thought it was a, no, I haven't, but my daughter has, so I do know what it is, but I thought they had gotten a, uh, like a limo or something for her. No, Uber. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Okay. So that's pretty modern. Uber's only, Uber's come about since Louis' last season, pretty much. I don't think it was even around that much in last season. No, I don't remember it. Um, I have an Uber account, but I've never used it. Like I've got the credit card and everything set up, but I've never used it. You mean for you to drive? No, I'm not going to be for an you Uber to, driver. Well, I don't know. How do I know? So or, I could get a so I could use my application and get an Uber ride if I needed one. 
But I, I don't live in the city like that. I have my own car, and I just never right. needed an Uber. Well, they have it here, and I mean, everybody here has a car almost, but but they definitely have it. So Julian insists that he come with her. They're paying for it, so they're paying for the Uber. And Louis does join her. He's trying to help this poor little girl, this little round pregnant girl, every step of the way. It, do, can you can you help a girl too much, Michelle? Pregnant girl. Um. Probably, but I think that he saw the vulnerability of her and he saw how she was mistreated by the other women. And I think he was just trying to be kind. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's always been a good guy in all of these all of these seasons. Doing the right thing, Louie. Yeah. Good for you. All right, we get another commercial. But before we go back to the show, Michelle, let's take a break here and interpret this episode. Do you think... That Louis has a pregnant woman in his real life now? Um, didn't think anything about that. I've got no reason to think he would. What prompted this? What prompted this? Pre- like, what prompted the middle aged comedian Louis pushing 50 to write an episode about a pregnant woman? What, what's his message? Well, I don't know. You know, I don't know if he's trying to tell us that. Everything's over with Pamela, and that's a great way to tell us that, considering this upcoming scene. And what a... I mean, I'm not a guy. I'm a girl. And the pregnancy thing, you know, been there, done that three times. Not a big, you know, thing. But I cannot imagine a worse physical act for a guy as far as you're into that and then... We assume her water breaks, right? No, no, no. We're not there yet. I'm just, is he just writing about a pregnant woman because he's going out with somebody, or why? Why is he right? Why? Why the pregnant girl? Well, just just because that's that's what I was saying. Just because to show that that when he does get physical with somebody, because you know you go out and you meet a girl and she's really cute and she wants you and yeah she's pregnant but she's really cute and she wants you and so you're going at it and then just the the worst thing can happen. It's like Louis tries so you know he's trying and then the worst thing happens and he tries again and the worst thing happens and you know he tries again and he goes to the wrong floor and they steal his chicken and. He's just putting forth this effort, and he keeps getting slapped down. That's all I saw from the pregnant girl. Yeah, I just wondered why he wrote this episode about a pregnant girl. You know, it could have been a girl with a broken leg or whatever. You know, just just the condition of being pregnant was interesting. Yeah. I just wondered if it had any meaning. I don't know. All right, well, they come back to the real the show, and here's the second touchstone is they both start texting. <laughs> Sitting right next to each other, they could have a nice conversation, but they both text away. Um, I didn't even notice that. Another modern-day deterioration of society. Mm, for but sure. But Louis helps her even more and more. He walks her up. Is this is this move, Michelle, intimidating or nice? If you're a girl getting a cab ride and just sharing a ride with a guy and you haven't ever met him before, is it intimidating for him to say, I'll walk you up, or is it nice? No, I think it's nice. She offered him the ride. He didn't insist on the ride. If he had 
offered her the ride or something, it might would have put a little bit different dynamic on it. But she offered him the ride, so she obviously feels comfortable with him. The fact that he wants to walk her up, and it ends up being like up several flights of stairs, you know, and she's pretty pregnant. And um, I don't know, it was, just, it was kind. I just thought he was being kind. Of course, then we find out, you know, he's got to use the bathroom, so maybe that was, what, well, you know, his motive. But Louis starts asking, Louis asking what I'm asking. Um, as a guy, because I think this is question like, you know, I don't want to put this woman in in an uncomfortable place by asking if I can walk her up, even if even if he's just wanting to protect her. It's like it's should I, is this being intimidating? Like you question it as a guy. But they so they they do walk up and they talk about what's the most annoying part of being pregnant. And Louis says it must be annoying with everybody trying to help you all the time. That's kind of where why I'm asking this. Must be annoying if everybody's trying to help you all the time. But then Joanne or Julianne asks, answers with what you said. So this, it's again, it's an exploration of men and women. She says, believe me, it's not the most annoying part. Um, and then Louis makes a joke about maybe it's living on the fifth floor of a walk-up. And um, jo- Julianne says, and my swollen feet. And then Louis says, okay, maybe you should help me. Because it's too high to walk up. <laughs> right. And then he uses the bathroom and she starts to cry. So why is she crying, Michelle? Give us the pregnant girl answer. Oh, my gosh. Because she's just been around these women and she realizes, well, first of all, pregnancy and hormones and, and nuttiness and late at night and tired and blah. And then she's been around these women who have essentially reduced her to a v- vessel and, uh, you know, they're telling her how her life's going to be. I think she realizes what she's gotten herself into as far as this goes. And uh, and she's talking about doing it alone. And she's really kind to Louis, too. She's talking about how his wife was so lucky to have him there and how difficult it is to do that kind of thing alone. Well, it just her close-up on her face really set the stage for Louis' exit from that bathroom. <laughs> the, first of all, the girl is a great actress, Celia Keenan Bolger. Bolger, uh-huh. Keenan Bolger. Uh, never heard of her before, but she does it does it great. And then Louis handles it really well. He knows the pregnant hormone uh, trick, right? He handles it perfectly. I mean, he's perfect. He is perfect with it. He's Makes her telling laugh. her that. Yeah, she's calling her gorgeous, and and you're a classical painting of a goddess, and you're cute, and you're lovely, and you're erotic, and you're awesome, and just, I mean, just everything, and 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 he doesn't miss a beat with it, and and you you really feel like he means what he's saying to her, and how perfect is that? Yeah, well, he is right. She did look like very attractive. She's she's. A hot life goddess, you know. She's like a pregnant, bringing life into the world goddess. But Louis worried still about: Am I doing too much? I don't want it to make it look like I'm telling you this just so that you'll be romantic with me or sexual with me. I'm just trying to give you a compliment, right? And I think he really I'm is saying this as I'm feel. leaving. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to make her feel better. But boom, there's a connection. Mm-hmm. Lee does connect with her, and the next thing we see, she's in the delivery room to the banjo music. <laughs> <laughs> now, Marina comes in and starts yelling at Louis for this whole scene. How did she know that this happened? Well, because 
when the surrogate goes into labor, of course you're going to call the parents. Yeah, but how did she know it was Louie having sex with her? Oh, well, I'm assuming she had went and talked to her or something at this point. She was really mad because, remember, she was talking about they had a certain a certain room reserved in a different hospital or whatever. And she had this whole thing planned out, and she wanted it to go her way. Yeah, Louis ruins all their natural plans with his with his sex. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> they make a more graphic reference, but... Um... Yeah, then Marina starts telling Danella to shut up, and Louis tries to congratulate them <laughs> and tries to go home, and Marina just says, cut off your dick and eat it, the ultimate insult to him. Do the world a favor or something. All right, and so that was the end of that, and then we come back to the monologue, and Louis comes in with the racist people have to talk like a penguin when they're trying to be subtle around other people. That was pretty funny. That was funny. That was... Have you ever seen people do that? Yeah, like they'll of say something not just about not just racist, but anything that you shouldn't be saying. Of course and, I've done that. And so you kind of use the other voice and yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that, that was the end. That was it for Louis's first short short 23 minutes uh, so, episode. I know. I know. And then of course I didn't watch it right right as it was on. And so when it went off and I'm sitting there and I'm topping up the ends of the things that I wanted to say, they were playing Louie's uh, season four last two episodes. So it cut off with this and it went straight into Pamela part two. And it made me really miss that, really miss that. And I understood why I was so excited for Louie to come on this year. And it um, I really liked him with Pamela. I liked his hopefulness. I liked his playfulness. I liked his look on life and everything. And I actually set up way too late and I watched two and three of Pamela just to get to see that all over again. Is that the one where they're in the bathtub and it spills all over the that- that was the one, yes, that's how it ended. That was the end of Pamela 3 was with them in the tub and where he gets in. And, um, and I mean, just massive amounts of water displaced. And it, was, and it was funny, and it was really late, and I'm watching this, and I'm sitting alone, and I am genuinely getting the giggles over this interaction with, with Pamela. Well, they and- bracketed this show, Michelle, with another show called The Comedians, which mm-hmm. it looks horrible. I didn't even watch it. I, I didn't, didn't watch it either because it looks so freaking stupid. And I listened to Alan Seppenwall's review of it, and he says it is horrible. Oh. So, I hate that, though. Billy Crystal. Yeah. looks It looks really dumb. They said it was really dumb. All the jokes. The Billy Crystal's okay, but his younger comedian partner is really mean, and all the jokes are they're telegraphed or whatever. Not telegraphed, but that's what that's what they were kind of saying. So here's some questions about the Louis. First of all, who's the banjo guy? I don't know if you're going to know these or not, but these are my questions that I was left with after episode one. Who was the banjo guy? Where's the season going? Like, are we going to see a romance with this pregnant lady? Are we going to see a bunch of independent, uh, secular episodes that are unrelated to each other? Yeah, I I don't think we're going to see the pregnant lady anymore. 
I'm guessing. Is there any connection to the comedy monologues and the show's theme, the episode's theme? Hmm. Didn't seem to be in this one, did you think? Yeah, I have to give it some more thought because I only watched this ep- watched this episode one time, so I'd have to give it some more. Maybe another well, yeah, but it was aliens. You know, he talked about aliens, and then racism was his monologue and prologue. So yeah, but Louis is pretty clever. There might be some connections in there. Well, you got a point. Um, so the next one, Michelle, is five hundred two is a la carte. Yep, and we will cover that one too. So if you want to reach us or if you have questions or want to leave comments for us, go to West Coast Project. You can find our show links and show notes. And my Twitter is at Scathing Tweets. And what's yours, Michelle? Um, Michelle from TN. So go to Facebook and find us and rate us on iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. Um, so until a la carte, Michelle, we'll say goodbye from Louie and West Coast Project. Okay. See you then. Talk to you next week. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.